This is the Clear to Close podcast. My name is Ryan Bolton. I'm a local mortgage expert here. And with me is my co-host, Carson Jones. He's with the Realty One Group Goldmark Honey Team. And today we want to talk about some of the crazy stories that we've seen dealing with clients, whether they're buying or selling homes. So we thought we'd come up with some crazy stories and just some things to maybe help you avoid and just have a little bit of fun. Just have a little fun on some of the crazy things we've seen in the industry over the time that we've been there. But I wanted to start with something really quick that's kind of a horror story for me. So (laughs) over the weekend, let's see if you can see this. This right here is the 2016 Masters Champion, Danny Danny Willett. When I first met Carson Jones, he had a golf store and every year he would purchase these from Masters, I believe, and and they're signed. It's actually signed, it's authenticated, it's a true photo of Danny Willett. And why this is so funny, it's within what, six months of meeting you for the first time? Yeah. And uh, I had all kinds of money on Jordan Spieth. So this is the year that Jordan Spieth was leading it going into Sunday. I think he had a four-shot lead or something going into Amen Corner. He blew it, yeah. And he dunks the first one in the water. Okay, no problem, no problem. We're okay, we're okay. Dunks the second one in the water, ends up losing it and this guy wins it, right? So I I had all kinds of pools, like office pools, you know, sports tickets on Jordan Speed, all get blown up. Just all get blown up on I didn't even knew who Danny Willow was. You, at that you were time. already spending your money on Oh man. On oh, man. Baton bags and everything. I had a hundred bucks on like a twenty to one or eighteen to one. I mean yeah. back back before he, I mean that's right when he was kind of coming on the scene for Jordan Speed. And then a couple days later you say, hey, you want a prize? Come on in here and get it. And it's this guy. <laughs> this is what I get. It's like a constant reminder of that one year that I just would have cleaned house. In this, everywhere you could think of, I had Jordan Spieth on something. I, I mean, Yahoo Fantasy and sports books and Masters Pool all over the place. And this is my little reminder of that 2000. That's your guy. So, yeah. I think you should just put money on Danny Willett for every major from now <laughs> from on. From now on. So I'm going to leave that there and then I'm going to burn it. So <laughs> I don't want to ever see that one again. But I thought that was kind of funny. So yeah, we used to do those for each major champion kind of as uh, throughout. I just order another uh, autograph photo and put it in there with a little plaque underneath it. And I'm glad Tiger never won a major right, in between, right in the middle of of that because that would have been a really expensive little. Yeah. What was the average cost for these? I mean, what? I mean, uh, it depends on the player. Really? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I even back then, Dustin Johnson might have been twenty-five bucks. I'm mm-hmm. sure now he's oh, well over hundred. Yeah. So. Speaking of Dustin Johnson, it just came out. Yeah. They just finished the One. end of their live tour thing. Was it thirty-five million or something? Is what he's made this year yeah, between everything? And that's that's <laughs> just from the plane, not even the uh, the the bonus for for getting into. Oh live, yeah, so. the sign on, yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So. Well, let's get into our uh, show here today, the Clear to Close podcast. We want to just talk about a couple of just crazy stories, you know, just stuff that happens while you're dealing with real estate, buyers and sellers. So can you, th- let's, let's start with you. Do you have any stories that are just kind of crazy when it comes to whether it's you or your office or just a story you've heard of that type of thing? Yeah. Well, and I mean, of course, over these past couple of years, uh, during kind of the whole COVID 2020 to 2021, I mean, it, it seemed like every house sale, there was something right. Yeah. And luckily in Utah, things were a little bit more lenient than say California or some of the other, uh, bigger city areas. Uh, but still for the most part, COVID was a, was a big driving factor through real estate and people were wanting to buy houses because they're like, Oh, I'm going to be working for for home now. So I want a bigger house that I can have an extra room for a nice big office or something. Right. And unfortunately we're at a point, well, a, a lot of people would say it was great, but it was very unfortunate for home buyers because they had to compete against, I mean, 50 other offers, literally 50 offers at times. Hmm. If it was a house that was priced well, I mean, we're talking, it was just endless offers from everybody, 
everybody possible is just putting in an offer and usually it was well over asking price. Well, my worst experience with that was uh, with a buyer that I was working with for probably six or seven months that so mm-hmm. we had been putting offers in. But at that point, I mean, they're getting a loan. And I think it was actually when you and I were working with, they were, they were getting a USDA loan on mm. there. And so oh, yeah. the USDA loans were really tough back then because you compare that, even if you write at $50,000 over asking price, somebody else comes in with $40,000 cash over asking price, and you're still not going to have much of a chance just because of how difficult that loan is. So, so I would say, I mean, horror stories alone, you could, you could include a ton of them from that time period when we were really struggling for buyers to actually get into houses. Now, investors that had cash, totally different story. They loved it. Um, but I mean, it was, what did you notice kind of back then? Well, I totally agree with that because, and, and why I think this is so much different than 08. In 08, the financing was so out of control, stated income, 500 credit scores. You could fog a mirror and get a home loan. Your dog could probably get a home loan at that time where this new wave was people willing to pay the extra money to relocate out of other areas like California. A lot of people were leaving California because so many things were shutting down where we weren't shutting down as much. You could work remotely so you could live in such a wonderful area of St. George without having to deal with LA traffic or LA taxes or just the stuff that was going there. So that was a big driving market, but you're totally right. I was in the financing world and there's so many times I'd have a fantastic client that was putting money down or, but there would be a cash offer that would come in that could close quicker or, or was offering way more because they did make so much money or had the money to actually do it. They didn't need the financing yeah. part of it. That was really difficult for a lot of, a lot of buyers because there was just, just a wave and there was so limited options that were out there. And the other hard part then about the, uh, the loans was that mortgages had not caught up yet mm. or, or not, sorry, I'm not, uh, not mortgages. The appraisals had not yeah. caught, caught yes. up yet. And so appraisals were still, I mean, five to six months of the prices back when prices were just skyrocketing. Right. Right. And so you're getting these people who are offering 50 grand over, but unfortunately their appraisal is still going to come in only maybe like 20 to 25 over. Yeah. And then you have these appraisal problems. So if they don't have the cash, to, to make up for it, they were in trouble. Now it's what? nice because now we're the opposite. Now the appraisals are all a little bit higher Yeah, because now the market's on the downtrend, but we've still got some of these comps from six months ago. You're right. You're totally right. And that's, that's another really good point. I had so many uh, real estate agents that said, okay, they offered more. You're doing 95% financing, go off the sales price. I'm amazed at how many didn't realize because for a long time, appraisals would come in at or above the yeah. asking price. Yeah. You know, they could usually make it work to where they can get at least to that number unless it's just way off, of course. Right. But so they thought, well, okay, yeah, they offered 50,000 more. They're qualified. They have the money. But the loan to value is always based on the lesser of the two. So let's say it's $400,000 offer, but only comes in at 350. Our loan's based on 350, not four. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times agents would say, well, that's what they're offering. That's what the loan should be based on. And um, it really was a learning curve for some of those as well. And it was very disappointing for buyers because they thought they could get 95% financing on the sales price, yeah. not the actual appraised value. And that there was a lot of learning going on on both ends of the industry trying to solve it. But then, like you said, if you're a seller and you've got to deal with any kind of financing or somebody who's just willing to pay cash can close 10 days, 15 days, so many cash buyers went away, especially like you said, on USDA VA loans. I couldn't believe how many times people just didn't want to even deal with the VA loan. It's one of the best loans on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And they just said, nope, if it's VA, it's hundred percent, the appraisals are harder. And they just, uh, even real estate agents, 
I, I was used to joke with real estate agents. They'd say, Hey, I've got a cash buyer. I'd say, is that some new government program? I am not familiar with that. You know, because I was, they were just trying to kind of, yeah. they would just steer so many people away even yeah. from financing if they could, because it was such an easy, quick thing to do. Well, and, and we have a, an episode here within our podcast of why you shouldn't be paying cash for a house. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so even we, with the rates, the way they are today, yeah. it really should run the numbers on it. it really should. Yeah. So we'll put a card up here at the top of the screen of where where you can go see that episode as well. But, um, but anyways, I mean, with the horror stories back then, I mean, with this couple that I was trying to find them a house, um, we were kind of in that horrible price range of like three fifty to four fifty. Mm-hmm. which unfortunately at that point, I mean, you could, you could have a house that was worth $200,000 in all reality and be selling it in that, in that area. Mm-hmm. No problem because yep. everything was going up for, for that, for that price. So, so we found a house. It was about in that 360, 370 area. And I remember we offered a full $50,000 over asking price. We guaranteed the appraisals and uh, uh, everything on there. We said, I mean, this is essentially a cash offer. Like there's, we're saying, okay, guaranteed appraisals. We had earnest money that we said, uh, we're going to give $10,000. It's just hard earnest money upon acceptance. So we won't even go through our due diligence yet. It's just here's $10,000. How common was that for a while? They're just straight up hard earnest money. We probably (laughs) shouldn't be doing this, but we kind of have to, you know, uh, in order to get an acceptance. So we did everything possible. And then I'm telling these people, I said, I think we have a really good chance at this one. And then I get a call from the agent and said, sorry, like we have a few offers that are well over a hundred thousand dollars over our asking price. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. So even though we think we're about to get it, we're still over $50,000 off. Wow. Still $50,000 low, even though it's, it's listed at 360. So they're saying that they've got offers up near $500,000 on a house that was listed at 360. And I, I felt so bad for these people. And after that, they kind of slowed down for a while. Luckily we found them a house back in, uh, uh, I want to say May or June of this year. Hmm. Uh, so they kind of stopped for a while, but now we were able to find them a house and still before these interest rates have gotten up to into the six and a half, seven percent. So that's been good, but it's, uh, it, that was just kind of a horror story in its own because you felt like, Oh, real estate's so easy for everybody. I said, yeah, I mean, if you're a buyer's agent though, you're struggling mm. a lot in, uh, um, in that 2020 to 2021, because it was so much harder to actually get something under contract. Now, if you're a buyer's agent, it's harder to find the buyers, but it's easier once you have a good qualified buyer to get them under contract. And so what I would just say now to the people who are looking to buy houses is that if you're ready to buy a house now, now's a perfect time because you can get a little bit under asking price. You can ask for points off of your mortgage, but you don't have to compete against 30 or yeah. 40 different different offers. And sometimes you don't have to compete against anybody. Yeah. And that, and that's what, that's what we needed. It was, it, the market wasn't sustainable the way it was. It's just the worry is how quickly it has switched where we just need that leveling off period. Yeah. But it's still something where if you look at building permits, especially here, they have plummeted. I mean, plummeted to yeah. record yeah. lows. So I, I look at where's the inventory going to be in five to six months again, next summer, we're going to have the same kind of issue where there won't be enough homes on the market for the demand that's still yeah. coming to our area. We just finished the Ironman, hugely successful against a world championship. They've done two this year already. They plan on do more. Same guy won both of them. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Yeah. yeah, and this was the half. I think the world champion yeah. half, the one before, was making up for the Hawaii one that kept yeah. getting canceled. But So it was the same guy who won the, the full one. Yes, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And there was a... There's so many cool stories. I'm interested to see some of the times where people don't like the Ironman. There's always going to be people that don't like the roads being closed or restaurants being busy or traffic's kind of a mess, but I'm like, it's one or two days and, and the stories that come out of it, the, just the, 
the human perseverance to go through those oh, types and of things. A and triple amputee who completed yeah. it this year. <laughs> and there's the first, uh, there was the first woman from the Middle East, I can't remember which country, that even yeah. was able to make it over here in the first place to even compete in Southern Utah in the World Championship. So yeah, the stories about that and just the economic impact and just the discovery is well worth any inconvenience for a day or two. Of course. And really, it's something where it, it's it's so well mapped out that I think that it, it's, it brings more positive than yeah. it ever does negative. Uh, but to go back to some other horror stories, I, one that one that I thought was really interesting. So we had a client that was purchasing a home in Washington, and it was a lot of struggle with the seller. The seller was doing all kinds of weird stuff, postponing stuff, all this kind of stuff. So we finally get it closed. The whole thing's done. It's closed. And my buyer goes the next day to start moving. And the seller had removed all the landscaping in the front yard and all the boulders in the backyard. Mm-hmm. So he gets to his house that he just bought, and the front yard is a disaster. There's tracks from like the little skid loaders. Yeah, yeah. Tearing up the sprinkler lines are sticking out of the ground. He's like, what, what do I do? I mean, this is... Yeah, of course. So he, I mean, he, I guess he just loved the grass and loved the boulders. And he had like some special rocks he brought in and thought, well, the house is done. It's not the house. It's the land. Yeah. And you, the photos, uh, I mean, the mess that they left. I can understand thinking you can take the boulders but I mean, it was a disaster. It's like he completely tore out wow. the entire front yard and a whole bunch of the backyard. Hmm. So it became just a mess for like three weeks trying to figure out how do they compensate? Do they have to bring yeah. this stuff back? Yeah. How do they fix it? All that type of stuff. They ended up resolving where he could get to keep all of it. He just ended up having to pay to get it all re-landscaped. But I just, I remember the photo of seeing this sprinkler line by the front of the yard just sticking up out of the ground going, why would you leave it this kind of mess if you're yeah. going to do that? And and I've had other clients that would take fixtures, you know, something they really like the chandelier. So they took that out. It's just, it's funny what, what people think they can take oh, after the thing is done. Well, and I think you as a lender have probably had a lot of horror stories with that. I mean, even with people saying that, I mean, you've got, you've got certain people who, who say, okay, we got a loan, we're going to close in two weeks. And all of a sudden, Oh, we also just bought a brand new car. Oh man. And oh. how many times has that happened to you where all of a sudden you're, you're getting, clients yeah, who they, are ready to go and they well, there's, get something else on their credit. Often they'll, they'll say, okay, we're pre-approved. We're approved where we, you know, they heard that term said, Oh, okay, we're done with our loan. Now we can go spend our money. We can pull a, a most common. This is, I haven't seen a lot of cars. That's, that's something that's kind yeah. of a horror story with cars. Yeah. Usually it's, they'll go to Boulevard home furnishings, RC Willie, Ashley furniture. They'll get some credit card or get somewhere. They get 10% off their purchase at home Depot or something. If they open up a credit card and they go put 10 grand on it, something like that, right? That those usually don't kill the deal. It just stalls it. And yeah, if you're yeah. right up against your deadline and you're trying to close and all of a sudden you have to go back to underwriting rerun, all that type of stuff. It bogs down the system to have to do files again and again and again. That's really the biggest cost for lenders is having to touch a file again and again and again. And again. We don't make any more money on processing or points or anything like that. If we have to touch a file 10 times, go back and redraw docs, yeah. reschedule. That's usually where it causes the biggest issues. It's just time delay, especially if you're up against hard deadlines or you got sellers that don't want to extend those types of things. The worst ones, we have a client that uh, has a late or bankruptcy or a collection of some kind pop up, but the big one is losing their job. Yeah. I had so many of those. In fact, when the COVID thing hit, we had a lot of these documents that would come out and say, do you know or, or have any kind of knowledge that you're going to get laid off? You know, and they'll, and they'll do checks right to the day they're funding the loan, where before, maybe five or 10 days, they do a final check, make sure right, that nothing right. changed. But I can't tell you how many times people signed 
on a Friday and were laid off on a Monday. That happened like crazy. And that's a heartbreaking story because, no, again... Yeah, they've already gone through the whole signing. Oh, yeah. Pro- yeah. Earnest money's gone. Appraisal money's gone. Home inspection money's gone. That's then maybe wild. their lease is done. They've got moving... I've had people that had their moving trucks. They had their cars, everything packed in U-Hauls and staying at a hotel for a couple of days. And then, bam, all of a sudden they don't get the job or... Right. Or something like that. That those are the really hard ones because there's not anything we can do. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that happened a lot during those times. But that's probably the biggest horror stories I I saw during this whole thing was uh, losing job or doing something silly and getting a new credit card of some kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I mean, I remember when I was getting my house, that was something I was nervous. I said, I'm not going to put anything on a credit card. I mean, mm-hmm. no credit card expenses right now. But really, I mean, sometimes that will actually help your credit. Yes, you get a little bit on there, pay it off, and and I, I think that's that's one thing people kind of get nervous about is not using credit whatsoever before they buy a house, and and it's actually, hey, maybe. I mean, spend three, four hundred dollars on your groceries for the month, and then pay it off at when it when it's due, yeah. and that will help your credit significantly. And uh, that that's something that I hope more of these new buyers are starting to realize because uh, I've seen it way too many times where they just pretty much do absolutely nothing with their credit for a long period of time when they're getting ready to buy a house. It's like, yeah, well, your credit there's nothing on there, so yeah. I mean, it's hard to get a really high score if you're if you're not doing anything whatsoever with your credit. And I would say that's one of the biggest tips I can give anybody. Start earlier, give yourself a little more time. I'm amazed at how many people have their lease expire at the end of the month and they're closing at the end of the month. Yeah. I, I, it sucks to have to pay rent on something you're not doing and a mortgage. But realize when, let's say, here we are, we just hit the month of November. If you close a loan in November, your first payment on the mortgage is January. So you don't have a payment for the rest of November whenever you close. You don't have a payment for December. The first payment's January. Even if you have to you know, pay an extra month or week or, or something of rent on the old house, it is incredibly worth it to not have the stress, to be able to move out maybe two weekends instead of one. Maybe you can do a couple trips back and forth, get your apartment all cleaned up. I, I'm telling you what, having that extra time is crucial. I can't tell you how many times I have people say, my lease expires in two weeks, end of the month, I need to get a house. What ends up happening is you usually get worse terms. Your selection goes way down because you got to buy something now, now, now. I, I just think it's our society can be so much drive through, microwave, now, 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 instant fix, instant gratification that I'm telling you what, having two weeks is crucial. It is. It, it can save you so much stress, so much anxiety, and you're not having to have additional expenses renting a hotel for two weeks or buying a storage unit, move everything to a storage unit move again. You move twice. Moving sucks. <laughs> it yeah. really does. It, it should be more yeah. enjoyable if you have the time to kind of be able to take maybe two weekends to move out and not have to take four or five days off of work or, you know, get all the stress involved and all that kind of stuff. And it's so self-imposed most of the time. Yeah. So as we're talking about horror stories, the best way start early, get your pre-approval 90 days, yeah. six, 60 days from the end of your lease. It, I had a guy call me the other day. He's, he needs to be out this weekend. He called me yesterday. I'm going, there's not a home loan on the planet that will close that quick. And if it is, it's going to be darn expensive. And you're, you're going to be the only house you can find that you can fit. And you're just jumping right into that house. And it's like, why? You knew the lease was going to expire. Right. Just right. work on it a little sooner. And like you said, there's so many little things you can do to your credit. If you just have 30 extra days, start well, earlier. And not to mention, <laughs> I mean, with, with, with interest rates been on the rise for a, a while now, mm. I mean, it's also a perfect time. I mean, get, your rate locked in earlier too. You yep. know, I mean, don't, don't wait to, to say, okay, oh, well, I'm going to wait to find a house. Like get your rate locked in. 
okay, we didn't find a house. Well, just lock it in again. I mean, keep getting that rate locked in here as they're lower. And then if they drop it, then we'll change it up then, right? Yep. I mean, it's uh, it's not going to hurt you to to start a little bit earlier on that stuff, even if it's 60 days or so. But just start a little bit earlier because otherwise you're going to get to the point where from October 1st, it was at 5%. And then you could be a full another percentage point just by the end of the end of November. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, you could have actually still had that original interest rate. If you would have just planned a little bit earlier and locked it in yeah. earlier. On. Almost every lender's come up with a lock and shop as kind of a common term that's kicking around the industry that allows you to lock without having a property where before you had to have a property. Yeah. And we really haven't seen rates move this much in such a short period of time. We really thought they'd level off. There's just been a couple of things that kind of keep hedging it up. I really think we probably flatten unless the, you know, the last quarter of the year is always really kind of the spending quarter. You've got the holiday season, you know, you got a lot of things kind of pumping money back into the market. That'll, and then you got the midterms this year, which always add a little yeah, wrinkle. Always. Next year is going to be an, an interesting year. So there's a lot of wait and see, and that is what's causing this, this rise. Yeah. So I do think rates will probably level off a little bit for the end of the year, depending on how the buying season kicks in and some of the consumer reports that are start coming out. And I actually think that probably they'll lower a little bit next year, but I think we're really, this is the new normal and that's what really what we need is we just need to level off Yeah, because it, it was it just too much overreaction. Now it's kind of catching up to it. Yeah. But I think that a lot of what's they're anticipating is baked in and even hedged a little bit. So I think that we'll see that hedging kind of start to soften, I think, through the yeah. end of the year. Interesting. Well, I mean, tell us what other horror stories you guys have. I mean, especially with real estate, it seems like it's pretty easy to have horror stories. And what we've noticed is the the most horror stories come when, when you're, you're working with the wrong people hmm. and you're working with people who aren't really working. They're more just waiting for the paychecks to come in. So make sure that when you're getting ready to buy real estate or sell real estate, you hire the right lender, the right title company, the right home warranty company, uh, and of course the right realtor. I mean, if you don't, you're probably going to have some horror stories of your own. And so the good thing is when you can get any of the really crazy, horrible things that might happen through that transaction and put that pressure onto the people who do that for a living, rather than taking that all on your own. A lot of people I see it, they're doing for sale by owners. And then they really start to get a feel of how, how many fires there are to put out. Mm. And, uh, and I think that's something that just the fact of hiring a, a, an agent alone can take a little bit of that. But really, if you hire somebody who's just not going to actually go to bat for you and work hard for you, it's, it could be a really difficult process. You know, I have a saying all the time, you're not supposed to know how this stuff works. It's always changing. The market's changing. Regulations changing. Guidelines are changing. Lenders are changing their guidelines as they look at their foreclosures or look at how they're doing things. It's not your job to know how all that stuff works. Even if you bought a home five years ago yeah. and have done 10 homes in your lifetime, if you haven't done a home loan in the last year, you've never done one, period. They change so much. So I always tell people that you're not supposed to know how all this stuff works. That's why you have us. We're in this day in and day out in the mud, so to speak, learning how to get this done for clients in every market, up, down, left or right. That's where hiring, like you're saying, really saves you these horror stories and really make sure that you have somebody that can go to bat for you. Yeah. So one of the best tips I can give you as well when it comes to that is talk to people that will actually communicate back to you. I'm amazed at how many times I can probably pull up my phone right now, call 10 real estate agents, maybe get a hold of two of them. Now, and then maybe two will call me back within a, a reasonable amount of time. Most of them go just disappear because they're not in it full time or they're busy doing other things. And so 
really hiring the right team will minimize the things that go wrong. Still stuff can go wrong. Yeah. Crazy stuff yeah. goes wrong. But when you have professionals working they've, they've for you, that makes dealt a huge with it difference. Before. Yeah. yeah, dealt with it before. And we can we know the process of how to still make it work out. It might be a little bit stressful for a minute, but most of the time, somebody who knows what they're doing can still make it happen. Yeah, and they're all man-made stuff. All the guidelines, all the boxes, all the appraisal, all the form. They're all man-made. Yeah. They all have a why that was created. If you know the why, it's so much easier to get the what. Because you can say, okay, now I understand why this is a concern for a lender or the title company or the insurance company. And there's always a way to get it resolved. Right. As long as you're working with experts that have that problem-solving mentality and will just answer the darn phone and don't yeah. just disappear and hide under a rock and set realistic expectations. This is still a sales industry. And I can't tell you how many loan officers I see that will just be yes men. That'll just some, hey, are we able to close this week? And they'll, yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good. And they don't have the file in underwriting yet. Yeah. It's so much better to be truthful, tell them where it's at, why it's stuck where it's at, what the red flags are. And I can't tell you how many times I've had an issue and say, okay, here's the issue, here's what we need to solve. And the client helps me to find out the way to solve that problem because they know their whole situation a little bit better. Right. And they don't disclose every single thing to me. They, they shouldn't. There needs to be a trust there. But it is something where that can really save you a lot of stress, make the horror stories go way down. Yeah. Because work with the right people and, and just realize you're not supposed to know how it works. That's why you have us. That's why you've hired us. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, yeah, let us know what other stories you guys have. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll be doing a few more. We'll be talking with an appraiser here soon uh, on, our, on our podcast. So let us know if you'd like to be a guest and talk about your real estate experiences as well. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Hope you have a wonderful time and uh, like and subscribe and leave comments and we'll get to you next time. See you next time. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys.